episode two of the Spread Podcast. This is Keith Cavanaugh alongside Michael Marquis. What's up, guys? How we doing? And we are back. It's officially NFL Game Week. So a lot of things been going on in the league this year. We're going to start it off by talking about the new contracts that were hit up over the weekend and during the week. So let's get right into it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Odell, five years, $95 million. He got 65 guaranteed, highest paid wide receiver in the league. Then two days later, you get Aaron Donald getting a six-year, $135 million contract, 87 guaranteed, ends his holdout, shows up, should be ready for week one. Then you have, oh, also, he becomes the highest-paid defensive player in the league. Big. And then Rodgers, just obliterating the quarterback market. So he got four years, $134 million, $103 million guaranteed. He gets $80 million by the first day of the league year next year, which is St. Patrick's Day 2019. So that's a lot of money by uh, in six months. And then you get a uh, shocker, Khalil Mack, signed by the Bears, traded by the Raiders to the Bears. He signed six years, $141 million, $90 million guaranteed. Becomes the newest, highest-paid defender one day later. Uh, Mike, biggest one here. What are your thoughts? Biggest impact on the season? I think definitely the biggest impact on the season is Khalil Mack to the Bears. I don't think anybody really saw this coming. The Bears, um, they have a lot of defensive talent, and adding Khalil Mack just – increases their defensive studs uh they're going to be i think their win total went up from six and a half to seven and a half so Cole mack itself is worth like a win i don't know what the hell john gruden is doing how do you not sign your players your stud players Cole mack is one of the best defensive players in the league so i don't get that at all um they the bears traded for him and then they immediately signed him to a huge deal so that's the biggest one for me so going off that, um, I think there's an issue with ownership's cash flow at the moment. So uh, Mark Davis doesn't get like a big check from Vegas until 2019 or 2020. It's like a 750 million dollar check, and he like had to pay a huge like moving fee. So there's rumors that he doesn't have enough money to pay his star players. How is that possible? So he's going, he's going all in on Vegas and just deferring for the next couple of years. Like, they already gave the car deal before he knew that was going to happen, so it's like they're kind of fucked for a little while. I find that, like, hard to believe. I hope that's true, so there's a reason that, that just seems crazy. Um, but, yeah, and then we're going to uh, head right into Le'Veon Bell. So uh, Khalil Mack didn't end his holdout, ended up getting traded. Le'Veon's got a little bit of a different situation. He uh, hasn't reported to camp yet, told his teammates he'd be there by Labor Day. It's now Wednesday night, and he still hasn't reported. His agent was coming out today, making his rounds on the media to break down the situation. So basically, Le'Veon loses $853,000 each week he doesn't show up to the Steelers. He's on a $14.5 million franchise tag, and basically that what that means is the team doesn't have to give him a long-term deal. They can keep slapping mm-hmm. a one-year deal The Kirk on Cousins him. effect. You like that? You like that? So uh, if Le'Veon signs by week 10, he can still become an unrestricted free agent next year. The Steelers can rescind the franchise tag at any time, and he can become a free agent immediately. Or they could even do a trade similar to what happened with Mac, where it's like a sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if he were to sign, if the Steelers wanted a franchise tag him next year, they'd have to pay him $21 million just for the year. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Le'Veon? Big fantasy impact, too. Yeah, big fantasy impact. Um so I I foresee three scenarios for Le'Veon. He's either going to report by Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That way 
he d- he saves the 800k or whatever it is this week. And then he's fully back, and I don't think he'll play Sunday, even if he's back Saturday. Like I think week one's out of the game plan, out of the out of the picture. And then I think the other one, the other two would be week ten. Obviously, he if he doesn't sign by week ten, then like you said, he he's fucking himself. So it's that's one of the options. And then I also see like maybe their bye week. Uh, it's, it's week seven, so I could see that week seven or week eight. I don't know what's going on with Lavian. I know what's going on. I see both sides. Like if I'm the Steelers, I don't really want to pay him, but if I'm Lavian, I'm trying to get my money. Uh, it's just the O line. Everyone's coming out and bashing Lavian. This is just an interesting situation. I want to see when he comes. I, I hope he comes Saturday because I have him on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's all like, I can see both sides of it. You can understand Le'Veon wants that long-term guarantee. He's getting old for a running back, and it's his last year to really break the bank on a contract. But at the same time, the Steelers are just playing under the rules. They're doing what the NFL yeah. is set up to do. This is how they're structured. Exactly. And they're just doing what's allowed by the league. And uh, I mean, both both sides, it makes sense, and it's just tough to see. It really uh, sucks that one of the best players won't be out there on Sunday, probably. But I just, yeah, I want me to just add to that real quick. I don't see why Le'Veon, I thought this whole time he was going to report by week one. I don't see why he would forego 10 weeks. He has to report by week 10, or else he's fucking himself. So He'll I definitely I just, report by week 10. Yeah, but I think he's just trying to stay fresh, maybe for playoffs. Yeah, when he comes back week 10, though, everybody's going to fucking hate him. Like, I without mean, yeah, question. It's, it's tough. It's going to be a locker room issue. Like, his teammates are going to be salty. Like, hey, dude, thanks for fucking showing up. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, oh, if you don't have James Conner already, pick him up because he will start. Obviously, Mike. Obviously. Some people don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so then we're going to go into a couple of uh, noteworthy cuts also from teams. So uh, on Sunday, teams had to cut it down to 53 men. Uh, so let's go into the first one. I was surprised that was the Raiders cutting Martavis Bryant. So full disclosure with him, there's rumors out that he might have failed yet another drug test and have faced another year-long suspension from He's the league. He's got problems, dude. But uh, the Raiders traded a third-round pick for him in the offseason, and uh, the Steelers have that now. They don't get that back. And now he's just sitting on the sidelines. So another notch on the Gruden circus, if you will. Um, the Cowboys cut Dan Bailey who's been their kicker for the last, I don't know, like seven, eight years, second all-time field goal percentage. They're keeping CFL journeyman Brett Maher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the move only saves $3.4 million against the cap, so not really sure what the Cowboys are doing. Jerry Jones was saying that it has he, to do sees, something with his health. he sees similar production from both guys, but, I mean... It has to do guy, something you, with you know Dan Bailey's health. Clutch. I don't know. He tried out for the Jets the next day. But he didn't get a contract, so yeah, I, I, it's got. I remember that injury last year. I had him in fantasy, and he fucked me. He scored like two points, and then like the safety was kicking for them. Something does have to linger. Dan, they gave him that huge contract, like you said. He's one of the best kickers in the league, fifty yards out or whatever. Uh, it's so sketchy. I did not see that one coming at all. Yeah, that was a shocker. Um, a couple of college stars who got cut. Uh, Braxton Miller got cut by the Texans. Roberto Aguayo got cut by the Chargers. So they were – Braxton was the old quarterback at OSU. Aguayo was the old kicker at Florida State. All-time college great kicker. Famously got drafted in the second round by the Bucks. <laughs> then just cut that um, that next year. It was terrible. Got replaced midseason. And then Braxton was just hanging around. It's like a fringe, like fourth, fifth wide receiver. Tough for him to stay around. Yeah, he was good at college until he like tore his rotator cuff and was out for the whole year. Yeah. He was a killer. Um, and then the last one we'll talk about is Davis Webb on the Giants, me and Mike's team. 
So basically the Giants are going all in on Eli, saying we don't Cade Will think he's going to get hurt because their backup right now is Alex Tanney, who's been a six-year vet with one star under his belt, who has a career completion percentage 46%, and threw zero touchdowns and two interceptions in the preseason. Yeah, but it's also Kyle Oletta. You Don't forget about him. I mean, yeah, he's there, but at the same time, he's not a reliable backup either. He's yeah, fourth fourth round draft pick out of Well, I wouldn't say Davis Webb is either though. So I don't think I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like we just drafted this guy too. Like yeah, I guess. we just drafted I mean, Webb. He hasn't shown anything. We just drafted Loletta. It's supposedly accurate. Uh, we picked him in the fourth round this year, pick one hundred eight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're obviously we don't have a good backup situation. A lot of teams don't, honestly. Like the Eagle, the Eagles are one of the exceptions. Yeah, and that's even looking shaky. Pulse doesn't look that great. Yeah, yeah, no, but he just—he was a Super Bowl, like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's preseason. Um, but all right, let's get into our college football uh, recap. Uh, we're just gonna go over this quick, basically the quick hits of the weekend because half the teams play like the 400th ranked team, so it's really hard to get a gauge yeah. on those teams when they're rolling them 62 nothing. <laughs> uh, so Miami sucks. Uh, they're just flat out terrible. They're Rogier's, overrated. Rogier is not a good quarterback. Yeah, he's not accurate. Their they're just O-line overrated. was getting destroyed. They're I was just, impressed yeah. by LSU. Honestly, they looked pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say though because Miami was so bad. Yeah, well, it's, that's that's the thing with Week One. Yeah, you never it, like which one is it? Was LSU just really good or was Miami just? I think it was a combination of both. Like I, I expected Miami to kind of regress from last year, but at the same time, like LSU, I wasn't expecting much. So. Similar theme here. Uh, Florida State also sucks. sucks. Tech team rolled them. Uh, Florida State was home. They won by t- like 24-3, I think. Plus was... eight was easy money. Hope you're on I that mean, side. Yeah, Tech Tech looked good. Florida State looked bad, but who knows how good Tech actually was because yep. of how bad Florida State was. True, true. And then the last one, uh, Michigan just stuck in their ways, so they finally get a good you know, mobile quarterback, and Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to change his game plan and cater to uh, Shea Patterson. Yeah, that's another one, which I kind of want to segue into a future I just placed um, two days ago. Notre Dame 28-1 to to win the ship. I know this is crazy. I don't think they're better than Alabama or Clemson, but I think Michigan was their toughest test, and their schedule sets up really nicely. They don't have to go through any conference championships or anything like that. They're independent. Their toughest test is probably at Virginia Tech or at USC, and none of those teams scare me. So I think they could easily make the college football, not easily, but I think they have a good chance to make the college football playoff. They can even lose one game. They can still make it. So I placed that this weekend. Um, they opened up 30-1, to 1, so I got 28-1. to 1. I don't know why it didn't move. I think it's moved now. So check your book for that one. Yeah, and let's, uh, let's go right into the bets of the week. So... These bets are going to be for, we're going to play some college bets, we're going to do some pro bets, we have some themes going on, me and Mike are just going to go back and forth, list off our bets, uh, give you some insight, see what you guys like. Uh, we'll let Mike start it off. Alright, so my first bet I made, I think a week back, so this number's changed, but I have the Falcons plus four and a half. I made this bet um kind of knowing Wentz wasn't going to play week one. So this was still up in the air. So now it's down. I don't even know what it's down to. It's like one and a half. But I love the Falcons in like a revenge game against the Eagles. Uh, but this is just – it's a value thing for me. I'm getting I'm getting four and a half. I, I don't see how you don't take this with, with Foles starting to, even though Foles is very good. But All right, so I am going to roll into my upset pick of the week. 
So these are going to be picks uh, plus uh, plus 150 or over. Um, so out of all those games, the only one I really like, you could either, you could look at the Chiefs-Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs are plus 155 at the Chargers. But I think the Chargers come out good to, uh, this year, and I think Mahomes struggles a little bit early on. So with that being said, I'm going to go with a crazy one and take the Bears at the Packers plus 275. Uh, I just think that Oof. that that it's a lot. It's a value play. I'm not gonna lie, but I think that team just has it. They're injected with that. We're going for it. Like that Khalil Mack signing shows the team like we're going for it. We trust Mitch Trubisky. We trust our run game. We have good wide receivers now. Pretty solid O line. Solid defense. Like, and it's it's at Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers just got paid. Prime time game. Prime time game. It's 8:30 game. But out of all the upsets this week, I really just like. I couldn't. I, I can't see any of the other ones really hitting. Like maybe the Jets sneak out a win at the Lions, but you know what? I just I, I trust this Bears team. I think they're gonna go like eight and eight or nine and seven, and uh, they could pull an upset. I like the value. I'm playing it. Yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I was honestly looking at Packers spread here. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers at home, prime time. I think the Bears are kind of like a trendy pick, but I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, I kind of like the Packers. They're definitely trendy. I just think very so. I, I don't think they should be that big of a, big of dogs. I don't think they're that bad. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm kind of more saying, on the. I'm not saying I think the Bears are going to win. I'm saying out of all the possible upset picks, that the Bears have better value than most teams, and like they're uh, they have better they have better chance to win than these teams that are like plus two hundred or plus one seventy five. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not like bagging on your pick. I was just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like the Packers a lot. I think they're real good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, my next one, um, Texans-Patriots under 51. This is the highest, I think, total on the slate. So basically my reasoning behind this was uh, the Texans D is going to be able to um, get Brady off his game. Uh, J.J. Don Clowney, J.J. Watt, the pass rush will get to Brady. That's Brady struggles against a good pass rush. So they're not going to score as much as people think. And then the Texans, uh, I don't think they're going to score as much as people think, even though the Patriots' uh, D isn't that great. Uh, they don't give up many points at home. And then also this is for Deshaun Watson's first game back off his ACL. So my thinking is he's not going to be uh, what he is in the begin- later in the season. So I'm taking under 51. And this cash is with like a 27-23 game. Like that's still a shit ton of points. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, 50 points they put up, you still win the bet. I love that one. So uh, we're going to get into next, my five-unit max 10-point teaser of the week. Boom. So- How these bets work is uh, you take four games. Uh, it's like a parlay, so all four have to hit, but you can move over-unders or point spreads 10 points in any direction. So with that being said, we're going to go into my first. So... The first one I love is the Ravens versus Bills. Uh, the Ravens move from minus 7.5 to plus 2.5. Mm-hmm. So I think there's absolutely no way the Ravens lose this game. They're <laughs> at home. The Bills are a train wreck right now. I am all in on the Bills getting like four wins this year. Uh, I don't think this is one of them. The Ravens typically play well at home, have a strong defense. They're facing Nathan Peterman, so I'm not concerned uh, from that aspect. Mm-hmm. So I just really I just really think that's an easy, simple uh, win for the Ravens. Uh, the next one I'm going to go with is the Saints versus the Bucks. I moved the Saints from minus 9.5 to plus a half a point. So basically a money line bet. They just have to win the game outright. 
Uh, the Saints are not going to lose to the Bucks at home with Drew Brees and that strong team against uh, Jameis Winston-less Buccaneers team. Yeah, right. It's, 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 just, it's just that simple. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Saints win by, like, 25. So that's yeah. an easy one. The next one, bouncing off Mike's pick, I'm going to throw the Pats versus Texans, move the under from 51 to 61. I just don't think this is going to be a shootout. Both teams have pretty solid defenses. Mike just listed a bunch of good points why it's going to hit, so I love that. And then the last one is the Rams at the Raiders. The Raiders go from min- uh, the Rams go from minus four and a half to plus five and a half. So I don't think the Rams lose this game. And worst case, if they somehow lost this, they lose by a field goal. Mm-hmm. Even though it's in Oakland, like the Rams are just too strong uh, up in front, back and forth. They just they're they're going to dominate the Raiders. The Raiders just lost Khalil Mack. John Gruden essentially told the team, "We're not going for it this year." <laughs> like no confidence going into the season. All right, so for my next one, I have the Panthers, minus 2.5, minus 120. Um, I love getting a field goal um, at home here. I don't think the Cowboys, they're going to struggle, I think, in their first uh, few games. Dak Prescott with that injured line, I don't see them squeaking out a win at at the Panthers. So I'm taking under a field goal for the Panthers to win. Uh, I don't think Dak Prescott will be able to exploit the Panthers' uh, D weakness, which is their secondary. So this is basically... You could also... I also kind of see like an underplay here. Um, but I love the Panthers getting under a field goal here. Yeah, agreed. I love love the Panthers this week. So I'm going to do my campus choice of the week. So this is just a nice little college pick just to keep us involved in the college game. Uh, basically, for this one, it's just a- any uh, top 25 team against the spread. So I was down between three. I would like Georgia minus 10 at USC, Penn State minus 9 at Pitt, and A&M plus 13 versus Clemson. But in the end, I decided to go with Georgia minus 10. I just think they are the best best team in the country right now, top three for sure. They have everything going for them. Penn State barely beat Appalachian State at home. They're at Pitt in a primetime game this week. Even if they win, it's going to be a close game. And then A&M versus Clemson, that game just has too many variables for me because A&M did play well last week. They have a little bit of a quarterback controversy right now with uh, the backup getting some love from the fans. But this guy who started last week actually played pretty well. And then just Georgia, I mean, Jake Fromm, they have so many running backs always. It's just like a herd of running backs. They just run over teams. I mean, their their uh their wide receiver last week was their leading rusher at a 72 yard touchdown. So anything could happen with Georgia. They have explosive on offense. I'm taking them minus 10 at USC. Yeah, just to go off that, um, I have already bet Georgia minus eight and Clemson minus 11. I think Clemson is going to roll. Jimbo Fisher. Fake lines, dude. <laughs> See, what you got to do is. You got to look at the lines as they come out. I got these Sunday night before college football, like week two even started. Yeah, that's fake, dude. I just take them right before the game and just ride with my gut. Yeah, that's horrible. You should, you're should. you not getting this value that I am. Anyways, Clemson's going to roll <laughs> fucking Texas A&M. They're going to blow them out. I honestly think that. Georgia. Blow them out? Kyle Clemson, Field, Clemson is going to. Kyle gonna... Field's tough to play at. Sorry, say that again? I think Kyle Field's tough to play at, man. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Texas A&M game. does not scare me. Clemson's the best team outside of Alabama in college football. I'm taking I'm, – I'm laying 11 points easy. Um, so then back to NFL, I have the Lions minus 6.5. I am not a believer 
in the Jets this year. I think some people think they're going to be better than last year. I'm not a believer at all. They have Darnold. He's, he, I think in the future he's going to be good, but they have offensive line struggles, and I think it's just he's going to. They're going to get Darnold killed back there. The Lions aren't that good of a team, but they're at home. Stafford is going to do what he does, uh, put up put up some stats, and I see their defense doing enough to cover a touchdown. Love it. I mean, yeah, I, I think the Jets could do some damage this year, but we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think it's going to be a slow process for them. Yeah. So the this is this is me just kind of being down on the Jets, the Jets this year, so we'll see. All right, and then we have King Keith Locks of the Week. Surprise, surprise, motherfucker! The king is back! Two bets for these. This is going to be one money line up to minus 200 and then one spread pick. So for my money line pick, uh, I really love the Broncos minus 155 against the Seahawks this week. The Broncos at home, it's really tough to play at their stadium with the altitude. The Seahawks uh, are just losing players left and right. Earl Thomas just came back, but he's not probably in game shape to play week one. Russell Wilson's behind one of the weakest O-lines in the league. Their defense isn't as strong as it was. I think Case Keenum can move the chains. The the combo of Royce Freeman and Devontae Booker is just going to carry this Broncos D to a gritty but solid win against the Seahawks. And then I have the Panthers minus three versus the Cowboys at home. I just think the Panthers can win this game by a touchdown with ease. The Cowboys still have some questions on the O-line. They're going to run Zeke a lot. Zeke's going to get his. But I just think Cam, Greg Olson, and gang, they're just too strong to hold off, to hold off the board. Yeah, I like uh, Broncos week one. I think I saw some stat in their last, like, 56 week one. Or what was it? 56... Uh, September games at home, I think they've lost eight or something. That's the mile high effect. Yeah, People are, aren't, aren't used to that conditioning. So I, I like the Broncos over the Seahawks. Um, my last one that I've already bet is Rams minus four. I got I got this late too. Uh, so And I still think there's value at minus four. I think it opened up at like minus two over the summer. Um, but yeah, there's still there's still value here. They're, they're simply they're the better team. The Rams are that much better than the Raiders. The Raiders suck. Uh, the Rams take... are better at every position than the Raiders. Yeah, like how many? Seriously though, how many people on the Raiders would start on the Rams? It's maybe a, a couple. Um, they're better. I'm betting against John Gruden here. Yeah, I love it. And last, we're gonna finish with our survivor pick of the week. I think we're both in some survivor pools this year. Uh, I know the fans love to hear about the survivors. So I was going back and forth this week between the Saints, the Ravens, and the Broncos, but I ultimately locked in the Ravens for my survivor. I think that the Ravens aren't a team you can necessarily trust later on in the season. I think the home opener against the Bills is a solid play for them. It's perfect. to use them again, and I think they take care of business pretty handedly. Yeah, I'm going to be shocked if – the Josh Allen Bills beat the Ravens. I don't see Peter, it at all. Peterman's starting. Oh, is it Peterman now? All right, whatever. Peterman. Who cares? Peterman's just as bad. So, Peterson, Peterman, what's his name? I don't know. The Ravens are going to win that game. You can lock it in. Put your fucking mortgage on the money line because I'm telling you to. They're going to win. <laughs> are you taking them in your survivor too? Uh, yeah, I'm still weighing it, but I probably will. Ravens look right. like the pick. I, I want to save the Saints. 
Um, and they have like one of the biggest spreads. Yeah, looks like I'm picking the Ravens here. Yep. Uh, all right, and that is episode two of the spread. We hope you guys throw us a follow at spread underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We will be up on iTunes hopefully this episode, and uh, we're working. We're still working on some big things. We're gonna start having some guests come on, give their picks, their advice, and uh, it's really gonna be big. Uh, we hope you guys like it. Mike, any final thoughts? That's it. Let's have a good week two. See you guys.